My name is Chris Bear and oh fuck. It all stays in Chris. It's on a fucking roll there. My name is Chris Bear and welcome to Two Defeats on a Crisis on Saturday at 3. On this episode, myself and the guys will be looking back on Rangers' excellent 1-0 win at home against Real Betis in the Europa League and then ahead to this Sunday's game against Motherwell, also at Ibrox. Joining me, first of all, is Tom. Tom, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Chris. Always good to see us get a win, which is in a much better mood, doesn't it? It does, actually, it does. Um, yep, totally agree with that, 100%. And joining Tom and I is producer Andrew. Andrew, how are you doing? Very well, mate. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that. So, uh, good to be on. Yep, absolutely. Um, I think I described it as a wholly unexpected but excellent win. Uh, as a short synopsis, Andrew, would you say that's accurate? I think when we were looking at these, you know, this run of four home fixtures coming up, this was the one that we thought we had the most doubt about. We know Real Betis quality. We know that they are probably the, the best team in this group. Um, yeah, th- this was the biggest concern, I think. I think the rest of the games, while given Rangers' form of late, could be questionable. This was the one I think we had the biggest question marks over coming into it, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's get straight in there. Um, Tom, we lined up Jack Butland, Tavernier, Goldson, Davis, Barisic, Sifuentes, Lundstrom, Lawrence, Sima, Matondo and Roof. So there was no Ryan Jack. I think a lot of people expected Ryan Jack to start. Um, a big call to put Siman. Uh, however, there, there wasn't really exactly a plethora of alternatives. Um, Lundstrom obviously uh, kept his place because he's kind of your Europa League go-to man. Um, the other big call for me was keeping Ben Davis in the squad. I know he had a, a fairly decent game against uh, St. Johnson at the weekend, um, but the fact that he's not played a lot of football up to this point um, I think obviously Bill showed a lot of faith in him, um, not just in his ability but his fitness. So that that was marking a surprise uh, inclusions or or, or um, guys left out. I think Jack, for me, he was a nailed on starter. Seymour was fifty fifty. Davis was fifty fifty. But what, what about you? How how did you feel when you seen the team lineup? Yeah, surprised is the is my first thought. Um, pretty much as you said. With the injuries we had, I was expecting to see, you know, Lundstrom and Jack in the middle. One from Seema, but Seema and Matondo, sorry, one of the one of those two at the back. I expected Davies to to stay in the, to stay in the squad, just because Suit has made some errors recently, and I think he maybe just needs a bit of a, a week, maybe two weeks, just out of the firing line, just to maybe get his confidence back before putting him into a game that was going to be very tough. And pretend you know had potential for us to lose solidly again, but thankfully we didn't. Andrew, as the game started, it kind of it was a low key start. I mean, the first fifteen minutes there wasn't any much happening. I, I would actually say Betis. If if you put there's there's three thirds of, of every game. Um, obviously the first thirty, the second thirty, and and, and the last thirty. So thirty, sixty, ninety. Um, if you're going to take it like that. Um, the first 30 Betis certainly bossed the game, I would say. 
And then for the for the last two uh, thirds of the game, um, it was pretty much Rangers were on top. So just in that first 30 minutes, although I would say Betis were on top, I would say they were on top because they had a kind of rigid shape. They were pressing quite well, very fluid front line, Bellerin causing problems. And the only real outball we had was Rabi Matondo. And Matondo, to be fair to him, was giving uh, Hector Bellerin quite a quite a difficult problem in the first kind of 15 minutes. Um, we'll come on to Matondo's chance because after Matondo's chance, uh, the one-on-one, Bellerin effectively pocketed him for the, the rest of that first half. It was actually a really good defensive display by Bellerin, but th- that actually went in our favour because as we know from his time at Arsenal, um, it can be quite effective offensively. So Matondo essentially done a job there um, just by being on the pitch because obviously he's pace and stuff. So Bellerin had to almost drop a wee bit deeper just to, you know, neutralise that that threat, which he did do quite well. But just on that chance I was talking about, the ball comes to the halfway line, Roof gets the ball, and with the outside his foot, he plays in Matondo, a fantastic ball by Kemal Roof, uh, who had a fantastic game, by the way. Matondo breaks free, he's one of them with the goalkeeper. And this is the thing about Matondo, he, he just has to learn if... If Matondo wants to be a regular Rangers starter, because uh, I... I, I I'm at the opinion now well, he's far more effective coming off the bench as an impact sub. Um, but if he doesn't want that to be his Rangers career, and why would he? Why would anybody? But if he really wants to kind of nail down that, that starting position, and he does have a chance to do so, especially between now and January, in situations like that, Andrew, he just needs to be a wee bit more composed. He's He's got the whole kind of fashion, Sakala, uh, Kenny Muller syndrome, where he's got too much time to think about it. That's when he's probably more likely to miss those opportunities, whereas if it's an instinctive chance, you're, you're probably thinking he's got more chance of scoring. Um, he had many options. He could have lifted the ball over the goalkeeper, he could have went round the goalkeeper, he could have hit the ball um, a wee bit higher um, to either side of the goalkeeper, but instead he hits it straight to the goalkeeper. Um, it was a poor finish. Great run um, from him. Initially, you have to give him credit for that. Fantastic ball from Ruff, but Nights like this, Andrew, that might have that might have been the only clear cut chance that we got. Thankfully, it wasn't. So he really needs to look at working on that part of his game because it's not the first time he's done it in a Rangers jersey where he's went one on one with a goalkeeper because his pace is always going to present those opportunities. Um, he just needs to. It's, it's more of a composure thing rather than a technique thing because it's it's all about when he's got too much time to think about it. He's not quite sure what to do. Um, so. To say I was frustrated at that point, I was a bit frustrated because I'll come on to Rangers style of play, but out of nowhere we get a clear-cut chance. It should have been 1-0. I'm not sure I actually got a question in there, Chris, but like to, to go through some of your points... Just um, guess and we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think Matondo has been someone who we have questioned the ability of in the past before. Um, don't fall for it, obviously. But I, I think... In terms of what he does offer, he was a reliable outball. And in terms of, you know, how effective he was at closing off Hector Bellerin, five minutes after he gets that chance, Bellerin then fouls him 
to prevent him from going through for another attack. So he, he was very good at neutralising him. And the fact is, the more offensive options that we have who offer an out ball, the more chance that all the offensive players have, because it's not like in the old days where you could basically just sit on Ryan Kent and that would be our entire out ball gone away. Um, if we've got multiple players who can offer that, then we're in a better situation because you can't just sit two or three guys on each one of those players. Um, I agree he could show more composure in front of goal. I think he's just trying to force it under the keeper, but keeper does really well to get down to uh, to save it. Um but it's it's a question of can he offer that more reliably over the course of ninety minutes? Um, I think he was he was decent during the game. Let's you know also say that it is against Real Betis. It's not like against some no mark team. We, it was a quality opposition that we were up against. So I'm not expecting him to be an absolute world beater because unfortunately I don't think Rabi Matondo has ever been marked as that. But I thought he was quietly effective um, throughout the game. And as you say, took one of their better players out of the firing line in terms of, you know, the damage he could do to us as well. So I liked him. And like we can't take anything away from Roof's um, setup of that opportunity as well. I, I said to my old man, Roof was playing like Alfredo Morelos because he was making stuff happen up front for our other players. Um, it's not been something we've typically seen from Kamal Roof either. He's always been somebody played a bit further forward and was a bit more lethal. But in terms of how he was playing that night, it was really, really good to see because he was knitting that forward line together. He was making stuff happening. He was setting up assists. He was making passes. He also tried a shot from about 40 yards out, which was um, pretty ridiculous. But they can't all be, you know, Europa League goal of the seasons, unfortunately, for Kamar. But I thought I thought Matondo was good. I, w- I was quite happy with him. Um, I would like him to show it more consistently, but I'm not going to take anything away from his performance because it it was a very effective performance from him throughout the game. Yeah, and as you say, we'll come on to Kamal Ruff. I thought Kamal Ruff is excellent. Uh, I thought it was a real leadership performance by uh, by Ruff. But we'll, we'll come on to that. Tom, the the first half an hour, as I say, I don't think Rangers were great. I, I think Betis was clearly the better team. Um, and what, what what worried me the most is I've, I've seen this before from this Rangers team under Michael Beale. It was boring. It was slow. It was turgid. Uh, uh, turgid sorry, um, I don't even know what word I said there. Uh, and it was pretty pretty damn boring um, to be honest. And I get that it's the real betis. I get it's a kind of a step up in class in terms of what we're what we're used to seeing uh, when it comes to um, legal opposition. But I I, I was just like. I felt they were there for the taking in terms of when we pressed them, they didn't look comfortable. And in order for the press to work, you have to, your ball retention has to be good. Now, we'll come on to John Lundstrom. I thought he did have a, I thought eventually he did have a good game, but that first half an hour, he was giving the ball away quite a bit. Um, he was really trying to find his seat, but see, to be fair to John Lundstrom, and, and obviously, if, if you know I would criticise John Lundstrom given any opportunity to do so, but that that's obviously not what I'm going to do here because I thought he was, I, I thought, as I say, he did have a good game, but that first half an hour, he just wasn't helped by Sifuentes at all. Um, look, Michael Beale expected big things from Sifuentes uh, in this game. Uh, obviously, he said he's now ready to be unleashed and he's going to be a big part of our team and and um, he's, he's taking a wee bit of time to settle in, obviously coming from a different continent, and then obviously had to go back to Ecuador for um, for his international break. So 
it's been a quite a rough set on him period for him, but he said he's now ready. Uh, and see, see, to be honest, Tom, I have to disagree with Michael Beale. I don't, I don't think he's ready yet. Um, far too often, and I'm not writing the boy off, by the way. I'm not saying that uh, he's never going to be, be a good player for Rangers. You, you can't tell at this stage, but he's. I, I don't. I think he needs. I think he needs uh, broken in quite gently. I think starting him in big games and stuff like this. I, I just don't see it being the correct plan for Cifuentes because his composure when it comes to the actual passing and, and ball retention, as I say, in these games is, is absolutely essential. Uh, I just felt as if he, he was way short. And don't get me wrong, he did start to come into the game in the second half. He was much better, but I don't actually think it impressed me that much. Lundstrom certainly did. But that first half an hour, Cifuentes really wasn't helping Lundstrom, which was causing the mistakes, which was causing us to give the ball away. So how were you feeling in that first kind of half an hour, especially with the style of playing and seeing sloppy mistakes? And, and you couldn't really see where we could hurt them other than uh, Matondo. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> pretty much exactly that. Cifuentes, the fact that as soon as it was announced that Raskin was unfit and we, obviously we know Campbell's out, he didn't even seem to think, you know, featuring people's thoughts as to starting him. You know, I think with the the change of, as you said, the, the, you know, moving across from Ecuador, from you know, playing in the States to to Glasgow is going to be a shock to the system anyway. And I think, yeah, the starting to make a game of of the magnitude yesterday probably isn't going to help him. But I don't see what choice we had, Byron. You know, Byron playing Jack and Lundstrom, who are both defensive minded players. But yeah, um, I think yeah, we we had to play him, and with hindsight, we could we have avoided it? No, but yeah. With better recruitment, which is another, which is a different matter altogether, could have avoided it. Yeah, um, Jack Butler had a few saves uh, to make in the first half as well. But both teams went in um, at half time, nothing each. Betis, as I say, to be fair, they were probably looking the more likely. Um, we just seemed a wee bit blunt up top, where we needed to be a wee bit sharper. Roof, as Andrew alluded to, um, it was really dropping deeper and deeper, trying to kind of. Um, make his mark in the game, try to make things happen. But the thing is, when when he was winning the ball, kind of deep in uh, the, the opposition's half, there was no one there in front of him because it should have been him that should have been there. So um, it was kind of counterproductive at times. But getting into that, getting into half time, I have to say, from my own personal point of view, I, I would have taken a draw at that point. So I, I just, as I say, I didn't see where it was coming from, but I wasn't angry in the sense of how I've been recently when Rangers haven't been performing great because um, I, I, I kind of understood this is a big uh, test for this team and for the manager that's real best they're a La Liga side six in the league last year uh, six in La Liga um, so I wasn't exactly expecting Bill to rip up the game plan and, and come out all guns blazing in the second half uh, but at the same time I still wanted to get a wee bit of excitement watching the game so I wasn't really sure how he was going to approach it but Andrew, it seems obviously, I'm not going to skip too far ahead, but it seems that his approach was basically a rocket up the arse because the way we started the second half right to the end, it was pretty impressive. And I have to say, I don't think there was any tactical tweaks. It was just a kind of more, and saying rocket up the arse, but it was just giving them that belief. And I think that, that has to go down to uh, Michael Beale and you have to give him credit where it's due there. We saw that a couple of times uh, in the tail end of last season where we'd sort of been mediocre in the first half of games and then we'd come out with a real purpose in the second half of games. And it's not something we've seen, I think, any of this season for whatever reason. So it was really good to see it. Um, we, we said 
on you know a few of the pods recently we needed to start seeing something for the fans to believe in we needed to see that you know Michael Beale was a man who could change the course of a game who could you know be an effective manager of Rangers um I think he absolutely demonstrated that with that performance uh the other night because we looked okay but okay doesn't win you European games I'm sad to say um, we came out with a real passion and the, the players looked motivated to achieve something there. It was really good to see. Part of that is going to be the players' own self-belief. But as you said, Chris, you do have to give some credit to the manager there for for inspiring them to, um, to come on to that. Because I, I thought we were OK in the first half while not being outstanding. But the second half performance was really, really encouraging to see. I'm probably not doing this in chronological order because I've only really watched the game back once, um, and I'm kind of this is more of a summarisation of the game. But um, just on Jack Butland, Tom, he had a few um, moments where obviously he was really commanding, um, really a real calming presence for two excellent centre halves on the night. I think Goldson and Davis were absolutely sensational. Ben Davis will come on to um, later on as well but there was one particular save in the second half I can't remember if it was before the goal or after the goal uh, but it was a one-handed save um, down to his left-hand side uh, ball went out for a corner it was a real tremendous save and this guy uh, Tom easily by far the best signing of the season um, and I'm kind of going to go on a limb here and say that's going to continue from here until the end of the season regardless of what happens even if Dessler scores 30 because to replace uh, Alan McGregor, I, I know we're talking 41-year-old Alan McGregor, but you're still replacing a big, big character in Alan McGregor to replace him so seamlessly, obviously getting an upgrade as well. And Rangers' relationships with goalkeepers uh, is, is a storied one. It's, 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 it's a beautiful story when it comes to how we talk about our goalkeepers. There's a lineage there. I, I put this out on um, Twitter. You go from Chris Woods to Andy Gorham to Stefan Kloss to Alan McGregor, and now we've got the kind of the, the the fifth one, um, which is which is Jack Butland. Um, Andrew, just to come in very briefly, is it, what's, what's the mountains called in America? Is it Mount Rushmore? Yes. The <laughs> five of them, or is it four? Well, there's there's four presidents up there, and then round the corner, away for anyone to be able to see it, you've got Chief Sitting Bull as well. But if you're thinking of the traditional Mount Rushmore, yeah, you've just got the four presidents up there. So you've get you've, you've obviously got the four uh, Mount Rushmore and Rangers goalkeepers and Woods, uh, Gorham, Kloss, and McGregor, and Jack Butlin's just round the corner. Then is that what we're saying, Andrew? Uh, well, you know, I, I think. You, you got onto Mount Rushmore by having like a storied history, you know, of achievement within the nation. Um, so, you know, I, I think it, let, let's give it more than, you know, 20 games before we say, yeah, get him up there, you know, hey, maybe until the end of the season, at least, Chris. Andrew, you know, you ha- I have to be fair and objective here. Um I will ruin a Rangers player's career after five games. So if I'm going to make a Rangers player's career after five games, then I should be allowed to do so. You have to be fair here and be balanced. So um, if I'm going to call out players for being rubbish after a a handful of games, surely I'm entitled to be so gushing with my praise um, uh, with with the opposite. I mean, you can, but... It's part of the reason why you occasionally get referred to as being a bit bipolar on here, Chris. So, you know, maybe a, maybe a happy medium might be a healthier take or approach to take. 
But I realise I'm preaching against a brick wall here, so I won't, I won't try and dissuade you from your approach because yeah, I know I, I know you'll do it regardless. Yeah, I was going to say absolutely not. But anyway, Tom, um, Jack Button is 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 really really good. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up now and just let you take over. Yeah, can't fail to be impressed with, with the lad since he came in. Um, I think the best compliment I can pay him is the saves he's pulling off. We're getting to the stage we're, we're expecting them. It's not. You know, Jesus Christ, you saved that. You know, that's really good. It's like, oh yeah, you saved it. Well done, Jack. What are we doing? What are you doing next? You know, he's he's getting to that level that we that we had with the younger McGregor, shall we say, and you know, the the, the strong lineage of Rangers goalkeepers, in that we expect the saves, and he's getting there so far with us. So, yeah, maybe not quite at Mount Rushmore yet, but we'll find him a, a small amount and we can stick him on. No, he's in the corner, Tom. That's, that's what Andrew said. He's in the corner. Before you know, are many American. No, before our many American listeners get in touch with us, it's Crazy Horse. It's not Chief Sitting Ball. I, I need to be, you know, correct when it comes to that. When I'm describing my heritage, I need to be describing that correctly. So, my bad. It's Crazy Horse. Just carry on. That was Emily Hughes. Sorry? That was Emily Hughes' nickname. You know, the old England player. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really showing my age now. Yeah, I'm showing your age now. But I, um, enough of, um, the Butland uh, bandwagon. Um, let's move back to the game if we can. Uh, look, we, we clearly started the second half much better than we started the first. We clearly performed much better in the second half than, than we did in the first. The players were really kind of neat. Davis and Goldson were just sound. Um, Tav defensively was good as well. Barisic, the fact that I've got literally nothing to say about Barisic shows that he was having a good game. Um, I Attacking wise, I thought fullbacks were pretty ineffective. Um, a few balls here and there, but they they were clearly given a game plan um, and they executed it perfectly. Sifuentes um, did improve, but I still felt he dropped a wee bit below the levels. Lundstrom was 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 good. He was kind of putting out fires all over the place. Um, Lawrence, I think he had a quiet game. Seema had a quiet game, but you're thinking, look, we've got a chance here. The longer this goes on. Um, the ball comes over to Kemal Roof just outside the the box, and um, I think it was Mark Batter. Um, it, it just it doesn't see Roof at all. He puts his leg out to try and stop a, a cross coming in. It just does not see Roof, and right into the chest of, of Kemal Roof, right on the the line, um, just outside the box, um, just well, just outside the penalty area, and. Look, I've seen people saying, and the commentators were saying as well, it could have been a red card. It really could have. It was, it was a high, dangerous boot, but I think he gets away with it because he genuinely, he genuinely didn't see Ruff. He just had his eyes on the ball the whole time. Whether that matters or not, I'm not too sure. And it was a free kick to, to Rangers. Bonner Barisic steps up and he hits the post. Andrew, you're starting to feel more confident at this point, aren't you? Absolutely. I think... With with the foul and the question about whether it should be a red card or not, we, we've seen what a red card in the Europa League group stage looks like, and it was Kamaru inflicting it onto, um, onto our, an opposition goalkeeper. That was a red card because, you know, in WWE tournaments, he was busted wide open. Um, that was a sore one, obviously, but I think it'd be a harsh red card for sure. Um, but again, it's Kamar Roof getting involved up the pitch. He's dragging us upfield. He's he's making things happen. So it was very encouraging to see. Absolutely. And not long later, Matondo takes a, the ball a run from his own half, drives into the, the opposition half. Um, the ball gets deflected for a corner. 
Barish swings it in, Roof turns in the box, brilliant shot, even better save. There's a bit of a stromash, and um, Abdullah Simmer or Ben Davis score. Uh, I still don't know right now, 24 hours after the fact, who was the goal scorer. One of them did, doesn't matter, all that matters is it's 1 0 Rangers, Tom. Yeah, as you said, th- there is no way to describe it. It's that great Scottish pinballed about, and it, you know, it, it, came, it came to a player. I think Seema has come out and said today, yeah, Ben Davies got the last touch, he'd have kicked him. So I think Seema's claiming it and Ben Davies has given him it. So I think we'll, uh, we'll give it to Seema, which is, which is good. And as you said, it doesn't really matter who, how it goes in or who's, who it goes in off. It was 1-0 to us. So yeah, great stuff. So Andrew, that was in the 67th minute. From there until the end of the game, we were really, really comfortable. Just have to say as well, um, I, I missed this. Uh, Tom Lawrence went down a, a five minutes before the goal. Uh, he came off injured. We believe um, that it was just a precaution. Sam Lammers is introduced in the 62nd minute. He makes actually an immediate impact in the game. He he really put himself about last night. Is it now time for him to really step up and show us what he's got? Because if that's the Sam Lammers that we're going to get for the rest of the season, then yeah, I, I can get on board with that because he really... He was playing as if he had a point to prove last night. Yeah, no, I think he was really good to come on. Um, good news, uh, you know, in theory about Tom Lawrence, that it was merely precautionary. Him and Roof are obviously only into their second 90 minutes um, that they've played in a, in a while. So I can understand not wanting to take any risks with him. But seeing Lammers come on and seeing how effective he was, that was really good to see. We've talked in the past before about how, you know, he was one of the bright sparks in the preseason. We wanted him to see him get back to that form to demonstrate that he could still kind of deliver at a higher level because so far in the league um, and in our other games, he's not been effective. He was much, much better in in that 90 minutes or that last 30 minutes of our, of our 90 against Real Betis there. So really impro- encouraging to see. Um, I'm, I'm hopeful we can see more. It, it's, it's time to kick on, I think. I, I don't... Th- I don't believe he's uh, he's going to be a natural goal scorer, but he can be someone who helps knit that play together up top. So anything that starts making our attack look a bit more fluid and fluent as well would be really encouraging. So I'm hopeful that this can be uh, a good launching pad for him to kick on. I think the fact that Todd Cantwell's out for a period of time, this is really a chance for Lamos to really step up and and and. Um, Make us not miss Todd as much as we probably anticipate that we're going to miss him. So uh, it really is time for him now to step up. And last night is a good start. <clears throat> and and as you said, Andrew, launching pad, kick start, whatever you want to call it. Um, that that is the that is the theme of the day here because this really has to be the platform where these players, old and new, really kick on and the manager as well. Defensively, Tom, we handled real best superbly. Um, we limited them to very little between the goal being scored and the full-time whistle. Um, Ryan Jack came on in the 81st minute for uh, Jose Cifuentes and Tom, I swear to God, that, that is probably one of the best 10-minute cameos I have seen, especially in a, a European game in a long, long time. Ryan Jack, I know it's only 10, let's just say 13 minutes if you include the injury time, etc., that that was that that was a sensational substitute uh, performance by Ryan Jack, and he's he's now going to give Michael Beale something to think about because Ryan Jack was everywhere. He was winning balls, snapping in. He was um, anticipating balls coming through, cutting things out, um, just playing like an absolute man possessed, and it was really really good to see that. That's the very 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 best of Ryan Jack. 
yeah, it's what it's what we need to see. As you say, uh, um, he's he's not had his, his injury issues to seek. Thankfully, this so far this season he's been he's been fit. But um, it's exactly what you want. He came on and as you say, snapped in the challenges. He was there for the you know he was there to, to give the defenders the cover, being out ball for them. When you know when the ball was coming to him, when you know the Betis were attacking him, he was closing them down, snapping it in tackles. It was yeah, it was perfect. Perfect, you know what exactly what you'd want from a from a defensive midfielder. Definitely giving Bill something to think about, especially with Fuentes not quite hitting the heights we want him to. Well, under Steven Gerrard, when Gerrard came in, and he really kind of used Ryan Jack as his main man in midfield. Um, I always felt that kind of defensive midfield position was his best, and Gerrard really tried to bring him on uh, as more of a box to box. But it was never really his game, to be honest. He did start to add goals eventually, but I, I always I always loved him as being that kind of blanket in front of the the back four, and I used to call him Ryan Jackalelli, um, obviously after Makalelli, and that that side of his game was sort of lost, especially with Gio, because Gio looked to have, you know, created a new sort of role for him, he was almost a quarterback, but last night, that that was proper Ryan Jackalelli, that was, I know it was only 10 minutes, man, but I loved every minute of that, uh, that substitute appearance, Andrew, I really did. That was really good to see. Um <laughs> Oh, well, it's, it's barely coming across, really, Chris. You know, you don't seem that happy about it, really. Um, no, I mean, it's really good to see Ryan Jack. We know what he can offer. Um, he's been around the club for for a long while now. Um, it, it's always the age-old thing, right? Same with Kamar Roof as well. If we can keep him fit, he's a game-changer for us because we know how effective he can be. Um, I, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I wasn't quite ready to, you know, sell over my firstborn to him as you were, Chris, based on based on his cameo. But I thought he did really well. Can't do that um, because my brother's called Ryan, so that that would be a conflict of interest. Mm, okay, I see. People, that's your brother. That, sorry, asking questions. They would start asking questions. Why are you calling your son after your brother? So that that would be, you know, and why does he start to look like your brother as well? And then it would probably create. A relationship breakdown. Um, this is taking a dark turn, a dark turn, Andrew. Um, you made something beautiful turn into something disgusting. Uh, Chris, I don't think that was on me, man. That you're the one who started getting into your <laughs> weird familial you're... issues there. Like, can't, can't pin that on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, in fairness, this is your brother. He played for the Celtic youth team as well. So obviously, no, 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 that's my other brother. Okay, all right. Okay, okay. Well, fair enough then. You know, then he should be fine with it. It's no issue. Um, yeah, like he he was really good coming on. It's a question of can he stay fit? Can he can he do it? Can he do it for a sixty game se- uh, sixty yeah sixty game season? That, that's the biggest question. That's always been the question mark over Ryan Jack. Um, I'm hopeful. You know, I, again, it's it's a question. It, it's not allowing yourself to get too excited about some of these players because you've been hurt by them before, not through any fault of their own, just um, through. Uh, their bodies not being able to deal with the rigors of the uh, of the of the season, so we, we shall see. It was it was good to see, and it, again, it means we have more options there. We, we have seen too often in the past couple of seasons that we have been restricted to just an eleven, and then everyone else is sort of there. You 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 don't want to be in that position. You want to have these options that you can bring off the bench. You want to be able to change up your starting lineup when it makes sense. You want to be able to have options uh, as opposed to just having to go with the same 11 again and again. It's good if you've got a really winning starting 11 and then you stick with them on the basis that they're winning. But when we are struggling or when we need to change things up, it is good to have those options. So I'm, I'm glad that Ryan Jack's 
looking well and playing well as well. Tom, Ben Davis, uh, that was his best game in the Rangers jersey. Yeah, he, he played well. He did, he did exactly what we what we asked of him. He, he's linked up well with Connor Goldson too, so that's he's doing well. Um, from what the manager said, they've had a good chat. You know, he, it was clear through the press that he wanted to stay in the summer, fight for his place. So if he wants to knuckle down and show us what he's capable of, then I'm all for it. Well done. He showed an aggressiveness that I've not seen from him. Um, he's always been a composed type defender with the ball at his feet, but last night there was a wee bit of physicality that he had to show that I've not always seen from him. <coughs> um, pardon me. And I, I think it just needs to show that more often now. It's as simple as that, especially in the Scottish game, because the European game, the physicality is probably not always going to be on show because there's more technical ability, but the physicality is his kind of Achilles heels. And it looks like he's kind of bulked up a little, I have to say. There's a there's a, a marked um, difference in, in how he looks from last season. I don't know if it's just a haircut. I don't know. <laughs> no, it, it, does, it does look a bit leaner. Um, and that that is... As I said, that is his, his Achilles heels and the, the proof is in the pudding when he's up against the hammer throws. Um, and we'll see this weekend against Motherwell because obviously I fully expect him to keep his position. Why wouldn't he? Because, you know, he's got the jersey now and he's he performed admirably against a top-class European opposition. Um, so why why would he not keep his place? Just before we move on to that Motherwell game, um, Andrew, an excellent one in Europe. Uh, as I say, I would say it was unexpected, especially the way we've kind of started the season, especially the calibre of opposition. Um, I think we can now say, uh, finally, that Michael Beal has won a big game, a game that really mattered. I think that that's fair. Um, just on Michael Beal, like I'm on record for saying, do I, do I think he's the man? I don't think he is. I still, I still think that the there's too many red flags there. Um, but I'm on record for saying, look, the ball's in his court. He knows what he has to do. The 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 mission is so simple by his very nature. Win football matches, that's all he can do. Um, and if that creates a run of victories that gets us back into contention for the league, brilliant. If that creates a run of victories that gets us progression to the Europa, uh, Europa League knockouts, brilliant. If that gets us... Um, a trophy by the end of the year in the League Cup. Excellent. Um, I'm on record for saying he would need a minor miracle to, to achieve that in order to save his job because Michael Beale himself has said that he's not out of the woods. I uh, would agree with that. The first sensible thing he's said in many a weeks. Um, so I didn't expect a win against Betis. I think a draw would have been the best he could have got. I wouldn't have been calling for him to be sacked if we get beat off Betis unless it was a real scudding, you know, 4-5-0. So the fact that he's started now um, post-Celtic debacle with two wins, two clean sheets, um, beating a, to- a, a seed one team in the Europa League, the, the miracle is on and it just needs to keep going. It's as simple as that. There can be no more... Look, I'm, I'm the leeway was pretty much zero for me, but the leeway now is like, look, if we drop the odd point here or there in the Europa League, fine. Because I, I, I genuinely believe, even after match one, I think we're in a very strong position now. We've got the two weakest teams next. I think we've got them away. So if we get four points in the games, that's it. I, we've qualified. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that right now, um, especially when you take the two back home to Ibrox. So four points in the next two games, we're qualified. So 
that that would mean that we have to draw one of those games. So if we draw one of those games, I'm pretty comfortable with that. However, Andrew, we're back to league business this weekend. Um, it's there's simply and and I know this might seem harsh, but there simply cannot be any drop points between now and the next Old Firm game. It's it's just the only acceptable time to drop points, which actually I. I'm going to contradict myself and say it could be the worst time to drop points is if Celtic get beaten, we 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 draw again, um, obviously because we would be gaining. But the 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 flip side of the coin is we could we really should be taking advantage of any slip up Celtic have. So um, I don't even think that would be acceptable. But uh, I know I'm just totally contradicting myself there. But you, you get what I'm saying. It just has to be perfect now, especially in the league, and he's off to a flyer. Well, yeah. Um... We can look at the league form. Motherwell, as it sit, as it stands, are technically sitting above us in the league at the moment. So, for one, we definitely need to correct that little issue. Um, but, like you said, what we needed to see was was signs of improvement. We needed to see a plan. We needed to see that Michael Beale could be an effective manager. He's demonstrated that in this one game. But I, I don't. Th- I certainly don't think he's out of the woods. Michael Beale recognises what a privileged position being Rangers manager is. He said so himself in the post-match interview. I, I think he understands the, the depth of the task. Um, I think there are still maybe question marks over whether it is within his ability to do this. But the more he keeps winning these big, important games, and the more he keeps demonstrating that he can get a tune out of this team, these players that he's brought in, etc., then, of course, the belief will come back. I, I think getting Europa League you know, playoff uh, or knockout football. So keeping us in Europe post-Christmas and picking up a trophy, that goes a long, long way to establishing faith. But probably the most important thing is keeping ourselves in contention in that league as well. We can probably go into each game with the assumption that Celtic are going to pick up three points um, because that's pretty much what they did last season. Uh I, th- I think they are a weaker side than they were um, last season. But we can't work on the basis that we are hoping for them to drop points. We have to work on the basis that we are going to get maximum points in every one of these league games. And then the rest of it will take care of itself. We can't affect how Celtic play. We can't affect the points that they get apart from in three more games. So we need to be making sure that we don't leave any margin of error there. We need to be picking up these points. So I know this last game was a must-win. This game's a must-win as well. And pretty much all these league games are going to be must-wins until we're ahead and comfortably ahead of Celtic. So it is going to be an interesting campaign. But we keep demonstrating that there's a plan. We keep demonstrating that there is a strategy. And we keep showing that fluency and that kind of attacking drive that we demonstrated especially in that second half then things will look good but we're playing against Motherwell so you know we're playing against 10 men who sit behind a ball and kick the shit out of our players so maybe don't expect particularly free-flowing football come the weekend yeah unfortunately for Bill his most important game is always going to be his next game so that that's just and listen, I don't really have much sympathy because he, he's kind of put himself in that position, but he, he knows that he, he understands that. So he just needs to just keep winning, just keep winning. Like I'm no one for style. Uh, I will moan if I'm bored watching a game, but look, see, the three points is all I care about, and genuinely, it's. Uh, I don't. It was the same with Gio. People were over analysing. Oh, we won today, but 
they were poor and stuff, that's red flags. Like I don't care as long as we win. Uh, and that's all that should matter. The the style technically should come with results and honours. Um, but it's just one game at a time. Um, and as I say, the next game is the most important one. Um, it is Mullerwell next. They are, I think, they are one of the most informed teams in Scotland since Stuart Kettlewell was taken over. I think um, they're pretty much neck and neck with, with us in terms of points picked up. Uh, I think at one stage they were the second um they were second in the league, if you will, since Kettlewell took over um, for picking up points out with Celtic. So that that is a mightily, mightily impressive statistic, especially when you consider Mullerwell's budget and squad. Um, this this guy's got them playing. Um, they had a defeat last time out against St Mirren at Firth Park. Uh, St Mirren beat them 1-0. Watch the highlights. Don't know how St Mirren won that. Mullerwell were all over them. They just could not put the ball in the back of the net. Um, I think you've done them a wee bit of disservice there, Andrew. I think they will come to Ibrox and they'll be confident. Uh, I think they will play a bit of football. I do expect at times for them to be sitting back, of course, um, but I think you'll see more from Motherwell than you do from other teams in Scotland. So, look, Tom, it's Motherwell. I'm no, I'm no worried we should be winning it, of course, and whether you call that disrespect or not or ignorance, do not care. We're Rangers there, Motherwell. It's at Ibrox. It simply has to be a Rangers win. But it's not going to be as easy as maybe some people are thinking, Tom. Oh, it's definitely not going to be easy. It's it's going to be a battle because that, you know, I know Kettlewell's got them, you know, Stuart Kettlewell's got them got them playing well. But they play to the strength and their strength is physicality. So yeah, so we're not it's not going to be peak Ajax, peak Barcelona we're going to watch. It's just going to be a slog. And we're just going to have to grind this one out, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. What are you expecting this weekend, um, Andrew? I just three points. Move on to the next one. I've said in the past that I will take boring 2-0 victories all the way through to the end of the season because boring 2-0 wins will win us a league. Um, I don't. I, I, I wish I had as much faith as you do, Chris, that Motherwell will come out and attack us. I don't think that will be the case. I think it will be a battle at times. It will be a more physical game. Um I just hope that we can stand up to it. It's not going to be brand new information to Michael Beale. He has been around this league long enough to know exactly what Motherwell Football Club will do. So it, it, it is what it is. Uh, a win is absolutely the priority, whatever way you've got to get it. And then after that one, we go on to an even bigger game, if if that were possible. Um, so the, the fun doesn't stop for Michael Beale, but how he... It's very excited. He feels very privileged to be Rangers manager. Here's where the fun is, you know. It's all pressure all the time. So the best thing that could have happened to Michael Beale was having a congested run of games um, so quickly after a disappointing week. Um, I know we had the big international break, but it's just relentless. Um, two games a week, four games at home in a row after uh, Motherwell. We're playing Livingston in the Cup midweek and then we're playing Aberdeen the, the, that weekend, the following weekend after Mullerwell. So it's, yeah, it's all, all, um, all go at Rangers. And it's simply, the next three games, Mullerwell, Livingston, Aberdeen, all at Ibrox, simply has to be six points and in the semi-final. It's as simple as that. Anything less than that, it's, you know, he's staring down the barrel. But again, he knows that. He knows that. Um, 
so that kind of rounds up uh, talking about obviously the Betis game and the the Mullerwell game. Andrew, I'm going to hand over to you for the Pie Sports section. Yes, that's right. So we are currently being sponsored by Spy Sports. They are offering a 10% discount for anyone who wants it on any pies that you buy it through their website. Uh, just use code SAT at three. That's S-A-T at symbol and then the number three and you'll get 10% off on the pies. Um, I believe also if you use the code SAT at 10, you'll get 3% off the pies, but I've not tested that one out yet, Chris. Um we um, we are also running a competition for Pie of the Week. So we ask you, the listeners, to submit your choice for Pie of the Week. Uh, basically, whoever's been the biggest tit or idiot or pie over the past week. Um, those are then picked by my lovely co-panellists here. And then at the end of the month, we will do a draw from all of the winners throughout those weeks. And uh, the lucky winner there will get a free pie purchase from saturday at three so there's free pies in this guys we want your entries we encourage you to send them in um but i have three nominees for pie of the week for chris and tom to mull over and decide on a winner and uh if it's a split decision or they can't come to a conclusion between themselves then i'll step in and uh pick a winner basically because it's good to be the producer i suppose we have uh three as i said first up is john lovstrom from twitter uh he nominates isco for saying rangers were lucky to beat betis next up we have blair mulgrew from twitter uh he nominated gordon parks for predicting we'd get hammered um we have kyle from govern he nominated the betis physio for dry humping their player after he got hit in the knackers and uh, breaking news, uh, we have a fourth nominee that's just been passed over to me by Idi, um, the guy who actually does all the work around here. We have Ruri from Inverness, who nominated Callum McGregor for complaining that European refs aren't as lenient on Celtic. Um, Tom, I'll come to you first then. Of those four, Isco, Gordon Parks, the Betis physio and Callum McGregor, who's your pick for Pie of the Week? I mean, it was going to be Gordon Parks, just for, for that ludicrous suggestion you know that we're you know we're going to get badly beaten but yeah it's got to be Callum McGregor yeah the refer the referees don't give us what we want because they said you know was, was paraphrasing what he said so yeah he, he could be a, he could be a pie this week I think that sounds fair and Chris your nominee mate thank you yeah school was that John Lovstrom that's right yeah yeah he was giving me a grief today on Twitter so it's not going to be him um <laughs> Not that we're in any way spiteful or uh, or malicious on this part. No, sir. Not at all. <laughs> no, definitely not. John, I'm only kidding. Well, I'm not kidding. You're not getting the pies, but I'm only kidding. That's not the reason why you never got it. Um, Gordon Parts was the other one, yeah. And then the Betis physio for, um, I think, assaulting one of their players. All right, aye. aye. Bit weird, wasn't it? Uh, right, mm. so it's not the Betis physio. It's not East School. Um... Do you know something? I'm actually not even going to give it to Callum McGregor because he's just—he's only telling the truth. The poor soul. Um, but, but he's only telling the truth. I—I I, I don't see—I don't see what's wrong with that. Um, the 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 European refs aren't as favourable to Celtic as the Scottish refs. So, I mean, you almost—he's he's right for the wrong reasons, Chris. Yeah. You're too sorry for him, don't you? Um, ah, it's Gordon Parts. Absolute idiot. All right. Well, we've got a tie here, so right. yeah, it's only the first time Parts has done that, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we 
we, we have had that rule in the past where if we think someone's likely to come up again um, when we know they're going to have the opportunity, uh, the Sutton rule, uh, where we think they'll they'll come up again, they'll have another opportunity. Tom, has Chris swayed you? Will you change your mind? Do you know what? Yes. Yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to I'll concede this one purely because Celtic are going to get beat more often in Europe. Callum McGregor have more chances to have a whinge. So, yeah, I'm going to change my vote. Do it, Dundee. Give it to Gordon Parks. There we go. The late email comes in again. All righty. <laughs> so, uh, that's, uh, that's a win for Blair Mulgrew from Twitter. So, congrats, mate. Um, you'll be in the tie. You'll be in the draw. And, uh, yeah, we'll see at the end of the month if you're lucky enough to win some pies, mate. So, uh, congratulations on that one. Um, so, just before I go, as always, I would love to thank um, the listeners. Um, every week you download, listen in and you make us feel a wee bit good about ourselves even when things aren't exactly um, going well on the park a worrying trend, when Rangers get beat we become more popular, don't know if I like that, but um, yeah it, it is what it is I suppose but look, let's let's see what, what the downloads are like after quite a big win in Europe um, the, the, the support has been phenomenal you can get us in all uh, good podcast providers such as Spotify, Apple um, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music. We're on YouTube um, and you can also get us on all socials, uh, Instagram, Twitter, we're on Freds now, TikTok, Facebook, um, I think I think that's it. Any, anywhere there's a social media presence, we, we, are, we are there. All links are obviously in the description. So big thank you to all the listeners who continue to support us on this journey. Um, before I thank my, um, my guests, I will be telling you all that we will be back next week. Uh, again, another busy week at Saturday at 3. We will have the review of the Motherwell game, the preview of the Livy game, we will have the review of the Livy game and the preview of the Aberdeen game. So we will be back with a couple of shows again next week. So, Andrew, busy times ahead. Um, yeah, thank you. As always, mate, you put all the work in, all the hard yards. That's OK. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to uh, to come on and, and talk about Rangers. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to echo what you said. Uh, we do this for the listeners. Uh, you guys keep feeding back and telling us you're listening. We'll keep doing the pods. Um, so, yeah, thank you to uh, to everyone for tuning in. It's quite amazing, Andrew, that we do actually still have a wee kind of loyal band of listeners, even though I'm clearly just, I know I'm manly, I get that, but it's uh, it just kind of blows my mind. Like, you guys have to suffer me more than anybody. And he's actually do it quite admirably. I think he's just do it because I, I think he's a learner just to ignore me things. But the fact that the listeners quite seem to enjoy my either meltdowns or my... There, there's no one between me, is it? It's either the... The, the it's world, sugar or shite, Chris. We've always said that. The world, the world's in fire, or there's fluffy ducks outside my back door. It's it's, it's one of the two. Um, but I mean, Chris, it's not only a loyal band, but we've got a growing audience as well. So inexplicably, more people are tuning in for whatever reason, Chris. Whether it's to listen to you meltdown, where it's to hear Tom's unrelenting positivity, whether it's to hear Dave's uh, supermarket trolley analogies, or uh, anything else, um, we always. Uh, we we appreciate everyone who does tune in for whatever reason that might be. So um so yeah, it's all good, man. Absolutely. And Tom, thanks to you as well, mate. Um you're just back from holiday. Um Rangers get a great result. Um life is good for you, my, my man. Um so when you next go on holiday again, because obviously that clearly worked. Well, January. So 
hopefully oh. I might be I might be away for when we play them at Parkhead. So <laughs> is that when you go to Vegas? Ah, that's yeah, that's like my next work trip. Oh, what trip? What oh, is hell? <laughs> what trip? That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, thanks very much, mate. No, we're always, always happy at all Rangers, even when it's not going the way we wanted to. We're positive this week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, once again, thank you to the listeners. Join us next week where we will be looking ahead to Livingston and Aberdeen and we'll be having a quick recap on the Motherwell game. Thank you very much. <laughs>